freshly squeezed true crime a florida true crime podcast um sorry i forgot no so we're actually doing something exciting and we're going to do an episode every day of october but before you get excited they're not going to be full episodes you will still get your every other week full episode but since october contains halloween which is both of our favorite holidays spooky season Mm -hmm. we decided to do a little mini maybe like five or more minute episodes um every day in october i like how you say or more because you definitely know that yours is way more than five minutes (laughs) today's i don't know how long i'm gonna talk about it gonna be a surprise for all of us because i mean i wrote like some bullet points but i was like since i'm speaking about something i know like i didn't really yeah i guess let's just jump into it and get started with our first mini episode let's go okay so i actually said in in the martha Beatty episode um some information about titanic because i worked at the titanic museum in orlando when i was in college So I know in the year 2001, and I don't remember how long I worked there, if it was like a year, less than a year, I I really don't remember. What I do remember is my favorite job of all time. Okay. Because I worked with really awesome people and it was, okay, so let me, let me tell you about it and then it might explain why I loved it. Yes. So this was its first location and its first location was over on i drive at a place that used to be called the mercado it's since been torn down which is now that icon park with the big ferris wheel and everything but it used to be called titanic the experience and it was located in there and that's where i worked so they would drown you (laughs) no okay no now these days it's on a different part of i drive and it's called titanic the artifact exhibition And it's located at 7324 International Drive, Orlando, Florida, 32819. I've been to the new location once, and I took the tour, and it was really great. And it it was really cool, too, because it was somebody that I knew that still worked there after all that time. Um, But it's been a while. And I'd love to go back. My my problem was every time I go back, I'm like, I miss it so much. I really, really (laughs) loved working there. So there were two types of people that would work there. There were people like me who would, like, sell the admission tickets and work in the gift shop. Okay. And then there were people like my sister, who also worked there. They were the actors. So what would happen is you'd buy a ticket to go on the tour. And it wasn't just a tour guide walking you through things. It was this actor or actress. So what they did was they would research the lives of these people that were on the Titanic. Okay. They would dress up as them in like the appropriate outfits. Mm-hmm. We actually had like costume makers on site that would make the the outfits that they wore like in the pictures and stuff. And they would know everything about these people's lives. So they would play this part as they took you through. Cool. My sister did a really good job. She she had this British accent for one of her characters. Another one was American, so she didn't have to put on an accent for that. But she, each actor or actress usually had more than one character that they play. So you'd have like a first class one that you'd play, or sometimes you'd play somebody that worked on the ship or somebody that was, you know, third class. And... I loved going on these tours because I worked there. I got to go on a lot of them. And what I told people, I don't know how it is now, but Mm -hmm. I would assume it's similar. Now, when I look at their website, they have all sorts of stuff. They have like a three-hour dinner that's a a representation of the way the dinner would have been on the ship. They have kids tours now. They have like all sorts of things. We just had like our one tour when I went. 
And when you work there, you couldn't help but learn more about the Titanic. Okay. Everybody that worked there, like, read books and watched movies. And every actor that worked there, because everybody was doing their own research, and it it wasn't like they had to. Like, you could probably follow the basic script they gave you when you hired, got hired. But these people, like, they got into it. And they did their own research. And, like, when we were all hanging out in the break room and stuff, I mean, we talked about our own lives. Some of us became really good friends. And I really, really miss these people. We lost touch over the years because it's been over 20 years. But a lot of times we talk about the Titanic and like share information. And like the actors at the end of the tour, like people get dropped into the the gift shop. You know, that's that's how it works. So, you know, the actors would come in and they talk to us and they'd stay in character, which was always so cool to me, like because it's like free show at work. But everybody had their own story. So every time you would go on a tour, depending on what actor you got Mm -hmm. and what stuff they had researched, you'd get different Titanic stories. You'd get different Titanic information. There was one guy, I won't say any names. I'll just say his first initial was S. Mm -hmm. He spent a lot of time in like the the room where you learn like how the ship worked and, and what pieces were put, you know, like how it was built. And because that's the stuff that he researched. Whereas, you know, people like, like my sister on her tour, she did a lot of stuff like over in the stateroom and the dinner room and like talked about how the first class dinners were served when she dressed up as the first class lady. And so I would tell anybody that was a fan of it, like, oh, I really love my tour. Oh, you know what you should do? It's a different experience every time you go because you're going to get that different actor with that different information. So I loved working at that job. And I loved the people I worked with, too. There was one woman, first initial S, that was like my mentor in the gift shop. And she was the most amazing person. And I'm sad that we lost touch. She also had a second job as a medium. Oh, it was so okay. Cool so that leads me into why I'm talking about this Titanic Museum. Okay. We had, now I I don't know how many we had at the time. I did look at the current website. Right now they have over like 200 artifacts that came from the ship. Okay. And when I worked there, it wasn't, I don't remember the number, but I know they've gotten more and they've gotten some bigger pieces since and I really want to go see them. So when you have items around an event like that, something where so many people died at once, you know, obviously it's going to be haunted, but it's underwater. So it's not like a place. And I'm sure there's ghosts underwater haunting it. But the spirits that that don't move on will sometimes attach their their energy to these items. So when you have a museum that has these artifacts, especially from an event that was, you know, you died with, with such fear and confusion and all these feelings, you get the spirits, you know, if you believe in this kind of thing, I do after this experience, you get the spirits that attach themselves. So so when you bring artifacts into a museum, sometimes the spirits come with them. And with the spirits, a lot of times when they die in such tragic ways, they're going to maintain those energies when they died of confusion and fear or anger or, you know, whatever. Other times they don't. So this is what we got in the museum. Now, I will say that never did we get any malevolent spirits. Okay. Never did we get any angry spirits. Never did any bad things happen. There were some spirits in there that were sad or confused or frightened, but nothing bad ever happened. 
everybody that worked there had a different story of things that they'd seen or experienced. And then the stories varied that it was like, it wasn't like the same people were telling the same stories year mm-hmm. after year after year. It was, it was just so different. And and the fact that I worked with this medium, she was later quoted on some stuff like it, like she did stuff she recognized and she was able to talk to some of the spirits. Her favorite was a little girl named Catherine. Catherine was, I don't remember how old she was, but she was a little prankster. And so what she would do is she, she'd sometimes play pranks on the actors while they were giving their tours because, you know, nobody could see Catherine. Yeah. But she's this little girl. Um, so, so I mentioned earlier, I, I told you my sister worked there too. Yes. My sister was an actress. So I called my sister the other day and I told her I was doing this episode. And I'm like, what do you remember? And she's like, it was 20 years ago. Let me see what I can remember. She goes, I don't want to talk about the big stuff. It still freaks me out. And I was like, really? And she's I'm not talking about the big stuff, but I'll tell you about the little things. And I was like, okay, fine. So one day, like we had this stateroom that was, it looked exactly like the stateroom on the ship, right? We had replicas of a lot of stuff yes. in the museum and it was blocked off. Nobody was allowed in that room. So you stood on the other side of the barricade or the rope or whatever. And she acted and said, this is where I would use the privy. And this is, you know, all the other stuff. Yeah. And then mid tour, this red ball just rolled across the stateroom and under the couch. She's really good. So she didn't break character. She just continued. And she's like, after I finish my speech, that's one of the rooms where you let people walk around and look at like artifacts and mm-hmm. stuff. It's one of the many artifact rooms. She went to go get the ball from under the couch and there's no ball. And she's like, there were no kids on my tour, but the tour before had some kids. So I tracked them down in the gift shop and I asked if, if their kid dropped a red ball and they were like, no. And then she asked um, S later and S was like, oh, Catherine was known to have a red ball. That was Catherine. Wow. And okay. then like other times my sister would be giving a tour and she'd feel like, like for her, she played. Let me let me look at my notes for a second. First class woman she played was Margaret Hayes, who was on the ship. And then she she played like the handmaid to a count countess whose first name was Vera. We couldn't remember the last name. And so as Vera, that's the one she did the accent for, she had like she she had these tight blonde curls. Like my sister would spend, you know, a lot of time getting ready for this <laughs> yeah. role. And apparently just sometimes on tour she would just feel her curls lifted oh, my straight Lord. up. Straight up. And sometimes people on tour would see, I heard a lot of people like, what was so-and-so doing, this guy named Jay? Yeah. What was so-and-so doing with his coat? No, Catherine would sometimes like just pull on his coat while he's doing like a tour and like the fabric would move. And like, so, so you know, if you're skeptical, you play like, that's the air, that's the yeah. this, that's that. But everybody that worked there believed they, because yeah. they felt something or they saw something or like... What S would tell me in the gift shop, a lot of times Catherine would like move books <laughs> and people would see like a book moving <laughs> or other stuff in the gift shop just moving. We had a toy section for kids like we, you know, yeah. all gift shops do. The stuff over there would move around all the time because she liked to hang out like everywhere. But she especially liked the gift shop, Catherine, because we had the medium in there. So she yeah. could communicate a little bit. Um, I personally never had an experience with Catherine, which really bummed me out because I always wanted to. And I wasn't sure how I felt about it all when I first started working there and people started talking. I was like, okay, whatever. But then one night, let me make sure I got all the stuff that that my sister. Oh, she also said that 
there there was one room like a lot of times she would just get feelings yeah there was one night she would get it it was this room that was designed to be like starry night was what we called it it was set to be the temperature that it was that night and this is so it's an experience too like the tour guys wanted you to experience yeah what it was like life on ship so the room before we had this big fake iceberg and it was it was real ice and it was set to the temperature that the water was that night so freezing it, it was yeah it was very cold so we they would have people like touch the iceberg and like count to 30 who thinks they can keep their hands on this for 30 seconds and most people like no it's beyond it's, cold yeah. and they're like imagine that that's just your hands now let's go into the next room where it's the temperature that it was that night so your hands are freezing and then you walk in you're still doing this tour and you're shivering yeah and this is the part of the tour where you hear about how people were starting to miss the boats or how people were jumping off the ship in fear and like all these stories and my sister was like, it was a very, very emotional room. And I don't know if I felt that way because there were spirits in there. A lot of other people said that they felt stuff in that room. And she goes, or if I just, it was a sad room because of the things I said in there. Yeah. And then she's like, the next room was the room with the life vest. And I go, I, I hated that room. I ran through that room. And she goes, so did I. She goes, I hated when my tour got to that room because I knew I had to stood there and tell a story. And she goes, I always cut my story short in that room. Because there was an actual life vest and it was on display in this case that was like, like life size. Like when you're standing there, like mm-hmm. the life vest is at the level of your body. Okay. Um, and it, it's hung in a way that like it's, you can stand all around this case and look at this life vest. And there was a little bit of blood on this life vest. It was taken off of a body after the recovery. Because, you know, there were so many dead bodies yeah. in the water after. So it was taken off of a body and, and preserved. I don't know why, but. Here we I mean, are. Luckily now we have all these artifacts, but, um, and what had happened now in that room, it was supposed to represent what had happened and you get the story. So there wasn't like a label with the person's name or anything. It was supposed to represent like the death of everybody that of everybody that there. Yep. But a few people did know like whose it was, but it wasn't written anywhere. And a lot of people would say when they're done with the tour, well, who was the person in the life vest? I saw like a, a hologram. No, no hologram. They were seeing the person. Yeah. A lot of people would see like the ghost of somebody in the life vest. And the story with life vest was, you know, a lot of people, when the, the ship started tilting, they had these life vests on, they would jump off the ship because, you know, you're scared. Yep. But the force of that cold water hitting you that fast at that angle or whatever, mm-hmm. what it ended up doing to most people was just snapping their necks and they died. Wow. So this vest had, you know, blood on it that I guess when their neck snapped, I, I don't know how the blood happened, but um, she would see people out of the corner of her eye. She wouldn't talk about the scary stuff. Doors would slam. Things would happen in the break room even, like, you know, they they were all over the building. Um, That was her experiences, because I called her and asked her for permission to talk about it. Um, The other actors and actresses all stall stuff. I'm I'm unfortunately not close with anybody else I could have asked. But with me, I was working one night, and... So the way the gift shop was, was the experience let you out in the gift shop. Yeah. So if you were to go back through the museum for anything, you kind of went in the exit and went through the museum backwards to get, because the administration and everything was like that way. So sometimes you just cut through and we had like a hidden door so you could really like just cut through and get to where you needed to go. So I'm with one of the female managers that night and I'm like, you can do your final walkthrough. And she's like, ugh. And I'm like, you got to walk it like it's one of your duties. 
and and we're closing and it's just me and her in the building okay. you know i'm counting out my drawer she's standing there waiting to double count the drawer and i'm like why don't you go do your walkthrough while i'm counting the money and she's like i don't want to i'm a little freaked out tonight by something else and i'm like what and she goes just something that happened earlier she goes i'm putting it off and i go you want me to do it and she goes well, technically you're not allowed you're not a manager and i go i know and she goes would you i'm like yeah sure i don't care i'm not freaked out <laughs> And I wasn't <laughs> until, until, and this was, you know, it wasn't like soon after I had worked there, she trusted me enough at this point to let her go do her manager thing for the night. But I'm walking through and I'm not scared. I'm whatever. And I'm walking through <laughs> backwards. So I get to, you know, there, there's a wall with the name of everybody that was, that was on the thing. And the, the way they did it is, is your ticket to get in. I don't know how they do it now, but back then your ticket to get in would have a name. So this is like the passenger you're representing yeah. later on. And at the end you go look in the wall and you see like whether or not the person you were survived the, the wreck or not. Wow. It, it was an amazing experience. Like we, if you're into this, we should go to the one on iDrive. It's like, it sounds it's so really, cool. really cool. They have more now. And I, I don't know if anybody still works there that I knew, but I'd love to find out. So, you know, I walked in, I walked through the, the first room that there, oh, there was a deck chair in that room and it was all in a case. Almost everything that was an artifact, not yeah. almost everything that was an artifact originally from the ship was in a case. Okay. So we had this deck chair. A lot of times somebody would see somebody sitting in the deck chair and they would ask us, like, I could have sworn I saw a person in that deck chair, but it's in a case. Like, how'd that happen? So I walked through the room that had the deck chair and it had, like, the other stuff. Um, and then I walked through the room that had, like, the names and I'm walking backwards and I, like, run through. Because mostly this walkthrough is just to, don't you have a silent button? I'm hitting it. Fuck you. Most you're allowed to interrupt if you have questions and stuff. I feel like I'm just no, I like it. So mostly it sounds really really cool. It sounds it was I love because it's so immersive. Yeah, it's different than a regular museum where you're just seeing old stuff. They walk you through and they leave you in the rooms, and then after the tour, they you don't have to exit. So after the tour, they leave you in that last room and they're like, you know, look for your names on the wall. After this, there's another artifact room, but feel free to walk back and forth through the museum as long as you want. Yeah. And sometimes people like walk back to the beginning, like join another tour. Like once you paid, you were in. Yeah. So you you did. If you stayed long enough, you got to see other stuff happen. And so there were reports of people seeing somebody in the deck chair. And there were reports of, I got off topic a little bit with your phone buzzing, but that's okay. It'll all make sense. And, and so I'm doing my walkthrough that night. And the main goal is to make sure there's nobody left in the museum. That's what you're checking for, that you're not yeah. walking up while somebody's still in there. Like not at the museum. Right. Okay. So. You just ruined somebody's movie. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> I'm going through backwards. I, I run through the room with the life vest. because yeah. And it's a, it was a small room. So nobody could have been hiding. But I like ran through that. I got to Starry Night. And I'm like, Okay. That room didn't freak me out. It was cold, so I didn't like it because you know how I am about cold. <laughs> that room never freaked me out. But here's a funny story. Um, I was really close friends with the woman that, like, she she did the cleaning in the building. And so <laughs> this room, Starry Night, was it, it was a replica of the deck. Okay. So you were, like, standing on the ship deck. And then over the side of the deck was water. But we didn't put water there. Yeah. We put like wa- lights and there was like some ocean noises. So the way that the lights kind of moved, it made it look like there was water. Okay. 
all the time. And because it's cold, the little kids on the tour maybe have to go to the bathroom at this point because it's an <laughs> hour-long tour. People thought there were wa- there was water on the other side, so they'd hold their kids up to the rail and let them pee over the side. Oh. She said she cleaned up so much pee from that area. Oh, that poor woman. I know. That she poor, was cleaning poor up woman. pee all the time in there. How so- <laughs> was the museum today? Well, another kid peed. Yeah. Oh, hell no. Because it looked like there was water. There were noises of water. And their kid has to... So they held him over the rail. Yeah. No. You're in an indoor building. Like, come on. So we started telling people to have their kids use the bathroom before the tour. but (laughs) Act civilized. Yeah. So then after that was uh, the room that was designed to look like the wheelhouse. And this is the room that the iceberg was also in that people would touch. And this is the room where somebody joined me. Oh. I felt somebody with me. And I was like okay, I'm going to get the fuck out of this room. <laughs> so, so you yeeted yourself the fuck out of that room. I didn't run because I'm like, is it like a dog? Is it going to chase me? <laughs> like, I didn't know. But I'm like, something is fucking here. Someone, it wasn't like malevolent, like I said. But this person was now my companion. Like they, <laughs> they followed me. So... The next room, and again, I'm going backwards, so if you remember the old museum and you're like, it didn't go in that order. No, I'm going backwards. The next one was, remember the car in the movie Titanic that they had sex in? Yes. That was an actual car on the ship. Oh. So we had a replica of that in this next room. It was like the storage room, like Mm -hmm. replica, where you would talk about, and like the people, it's, it's a funny story too. That car, and I learned this from working at the museum and going on a tour, the people insured it for, like, way more than it was worth before it got on the ship. So, like, they kind of made a profit when that car sank. Whoa. But, yeah, so there was the storage room. And then you walked through the hall that was, like, designed to look like third class. And then you got to the hall that was designed to look like first class. And this dude, and I knew it was dude. I didn't know who, but I knew it was somebody that, like, I got the feeling like they worked on the ship. Like, yeah. maybe not the captain, but, like, somebody like that. Kruzak or something. Yeah, I got the feeling that it was, like... And he was just like friendly, like walking with me. And he stayed with me through me walking through all this. I was freaking out. I'm like, I know you're friendly. Thank you for staying with me as I walk through here at night. I'm leaving now. And I started walking a little faster. (laughs) And I got to, there was a a replica of the Grand Staircase, which unlike the movie, it was like a better replica because it had, I think, five... I don't, I don't remember. It was something different and bigger and better than the movie because we're awesome. We're like, I still wear it. was 20 years ago, but I'm still a part of the we're team. We're awesome. We're awesome. <laughs> um, and I think they did like weddings there at some point. Or it was, it, it's a cool replica. It's gorgeous. And I'm like, okay, I, you're still with me. Thank you. I, I know you mean well. And I'm like getting, fr- and I'm just talking nervously. Mm-hmm. And then I go around the corner and the next room is is like where the stateroom is. Well, first you go through like where the, the china and stuff is. And then you get to the stateroom. And in this room, you have a choice. You can continue to the beginning of the tour, which is only like four or five rooms more. Or this is where that secret door is that takes you right back yeah. to the gift shop. So I told my manager that I, I finished and every room was clear. But that's when I just jumped through the secret door and got the fuck out of there. I was like, if you're not going to leave, I am. (laughs) I got to go. I'm not doing this. (laughs) So like I said, he was really nice, but I freaked the fuck out, jumped through that door, lied about finishing the fucking, you know, look through. And I got the fuck out of there. (laughs) 
So I know it's not a big, huge experience, like my sister with a ball or the big shit that she still won't tell me about. Or, you know, other things have happened to other people that were big there. Yeah. I know mine was just a feeling, but that dude was, it was just enough. Me. It was, oh. So, yeah. So one of the haunted places you can go to is the Titanic <laughs> Museum in Orlando. Um, on iDrive, again, it's in a different location now, but from what I understand, they have more artifacts than they did when I was there. And it's, I mean, the artifacts are still haunted from what I understand. That's crazy. Yeah, I think at one point they started doing ghost tours. I don't know if they still do. Oh. I think they started that at the old location. So I don't know if they still do that at the new one, but yeah, that, that place is haunted too. Whoa. So if you're into checking out haunted stuff, I... And if you're into history, even if you're not into haunted stuff, yeah, like it's the a history cool of it. museum. Yeah, I would love to go there again and again. We so. should go. We should. We should totally go. I love that place. It's a lot better than some of the other places we're going to be talking about in the mini episodes <laughs> that we're not definitely not going to. This one's fun, but I wanted to start with this one just because it was somewhere that. When when I I didn't even think about it, and I'm looking up haunted places in Orlando, and I'm like, let's start with my hometown. And it popped up, and I'm like, duh, I knew that. (laughs) (laughs) I have an event. (laughs) I have a story. So do you have any questions, or should we end it? Like, what do we do now? I don't know. I think we're good. Are we squeezing anything? Yeah, so let's do, for these mini episodes, let's do it short. Mm -hmm. Hey, guys, all of our links, social media, donations, merch can all be found on our website, FSTC Pod. And do you want to tell me to squeeze something? Hey, do you want to squeeze something? Squeeze the juice. (laughs) Your outro, you do it. It's a mini, let's squeeze the tangerine. (laughs) 